Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. I love Christmas. I love baking all kinds of sweets and treats to give away as gifts for family and friends. I love decorating the tree and decorating the house and making it look festive. I love making family favorite dishes on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. And most of all, I love getting together with family and friends, catching up, slowing down, and just enjoying the peace and love and togetherness that the Christmas holiday can give us. But what I'm most excited about when it comes to Christmas are Christmas movies and Christmas music. Today, I am going to share with you my top 10 Christmas movies, my top 10 Christmas albums or CDs, and my top 10 Christmas songs. Now, the reason I wanted to separate the albums from the songs is because when I think about listening to an entire album or an entire CD, I can enjoy all the songs. I can play it over and over again. And I never get tired of listening to the music. Versus if there is a song I like that is on a CD, I may not necessarily like all the other songs. And so I may not listen to the entire CD, but I will listen to that one song, whether it comes on the radio, whether it's on Spotify, whether I perhaps purchased a CD (laughs) just because I like that song, so I had to buy the CD. And so that's why I wanted to separate the albums or CDs from the individual songs. Now let's go back to movies for a second. Basically, in my opinion, any movie that features Christmas, happens during Christmas, perhaps mentions Christmas, is a Christmas movie. Now, you may disagree with me, but this is my top 10, (laughs) and this is my reasoning for why I'm choosing the particular movies that I am going to share with you. Now, before I do that, I do want to talk about the Hallmark Christmas movies. 
because they are running nonstop. And don't get me wrong, I love watching them. But the thing with Hallmark Christmas movies is that typically the formula is the same. There are some romantic entanglements. There perhaps are some issues that come up that need to be addressed. Perhaps some miscommunication, some bad feelings on one person's side or the other. But in the end, the miscommunication, the issues are cleared up, and everybody has their happily ever after, <laughs> and is at least according to the Hallmark movies. And these are the kind of movies that you can sit back and relax. You don't have to be totally invested in them. It's enjoying the movie. You know, it's like movie candy in a sense that it's something relaxing, something, you know, you've, you've had a hard day shopping or, you know, baking or cooking or working and you just want to relax and just, you know, chill out. And these movies are perfect. So just wanted to mention that, yes, Hallmark Christmas movies do have a place and I enjoy watching them, but they are not on my top 10 list. Okay, <laughs> so let's get started and let me tell you the movies that I've decided to share with you. In 10th place, we have the movie Scrooged. Now, this is a take on a Christmas Carol, talking about Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, Charles Dickens, where Ebenezer Scrooge is this mean, bahumbug kind of guy. And we have a little boy, Tiny Tim, who has an ailment, and his dad works for Ebenezer Scrooge. And Scrooge is visited by three ghosts, Christmas past, present, and future, that open his eyes to what his life has been, is, and could be. And in the end, he has a change of heart and becomes this benevolent person. Now, the movie Scrooged is the modern-day version of that, starring Bill Murray. Now, I love Bill Murray. I think he is, his comedic genius is amazing. I, I, have, I love him in all his roles. He just has a droll sense of humor that I really appreciate. And I also like him when he has his more dramatic roles. This is not one of them. <laughs> this, is, this is Bill Murray over the top, but th it works in this case. And so he is this executive who they are reimagining the whole Christmas Carol setting. And he is not very well liked <laughs> and he doesn't care. He's doing things his own way. And he has a visit from Christmas past, present, and future. Now, I want to talk about the ghost from Christmas Present. Uh, the actress is Carol Kane, and <laughs> she has she flies around with wings, and she has this conversation with the Bill Murray character. And at one point, <laughs> she's trying to get his attention. His name is Frank, and she hits him in the face with a toaster. <laughs> I can watch that movie over and over, and every time I see that scene, I just laugh. Like, it, it's just hilarious. And of course, in the end, you know, he realizes that 
there's more to life and there is a happily ever after, which I really enjoy. All right. Number nine, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Chevy Chase. He is, oh, his talent for comedy. He has that ability when he was on Saturday Night Live. He had this ability that he could just fall and fall in a way that was a combination of graceful and kind of clumsy. And I don't know if you want to call it slapstick or just the way he did that. But in this case, so it's the family that are getting together and having Christmas vacation. And basically anything that could go wrong does go wrong in this movie. So if you've ever tried to put up Christmas lights or a Christmas tree, you would basically understand what's going on. I do want to leave you with something. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, there's a scene that involves a turkey. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Again, when I see that, I just crack up laughing because just imagining that happening during Christmas dinner is, is crazy. All right. Number eight, The Grinch. Now, there are two versions of this movie. There's the animated version, which has its place. But what I want to talk about is the live action version or the the human version, so to speak. And Jim Carrey plays the Grinch. Now, for those of you who are perhaps not sure about what the Grinch is all about, the Grinch lives on the outskirts of Whoville which is, a, I guess, a community of families living there. And he feels this need that he doesn't want them to be happy. He doesn't like them being happy. And so he decides one day that he is going to destroy their happiness by taking Christmas away from them. And so he does that. And then in the end, he steals everything for Christmas. But then he hears them singing and his heart that was a little tiny heart, grew 10 times bigger. And I think in the movie, they said three times or four times. I can't remember now. I haven't seen it. I need to watch it again. But he realizes that they had all their presents and food and everything stolen, but they are still happy and still singing. And so he comes and he brings back everything that he stole and he has the happy ending. So whether you watch the animated version or the Jim Carrey version, you just feel the sense that everything is right in the world. All right, number seven, White Christmas. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, and they are out of the army and they decide that they are going to visit their, I believe it was their general that is retired and he's in Vermont. And so they travel to Vermont and I think it's Bing Crosby that decides that he, on Christmas Day, they get all the servicemen who are available to come to Vermont and surprise the general and acknowledge their support and their love for him. And of course, in the movie, Bing sings White Christmas and there's romance and there's comedic scenes, but it's such an iconic Christmas movie that it's something that I will watch every year. Okay, number six, there has been some discussion, some controversy whether this movie is actually considered a Christmas movie. And in case you were wondering, and maybe you have guessed what I'm going to talk about, it's Die Hard. Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis arrives at his wife's 
Christmas party because he wants to spend some time with her. They've been estranged a little bit and he wants to be there for her. But of course, what happens is that Alan Rickman is the villain in this case. So Bruce Willis is the hero. Alan Rickman is the villain who is then trying to take over everything. And the interaction between Bruce Willis's character and Alan Rickman's character is amazing. You know, it's cat and mouse and, and just watching them as they go through it. Now, this movie was made several, several years ago. Bruce Willis had a full head of hair <laughs> and both Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis were a lot younger. And of course, Alan is no longer with us, but he played such a good villain. So, so well done. So Die Hard for me is a Christmas movie. And I challenge you to prove me wrong. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Moving into the top five now. Number five is Christmas in Connecticut. Now, this is starring Barbara Stanwyck. And I've always loved her in all the movies that she's been in. And she has that ability that she is not typecast by any of the roles that she plays because she's done comedy, she's done drama, she's played, you know, double indemnity against, not the, I guess you won't want to call her a villainess in a sense, but, you know, she had ulterior motives. She's done love scenes and, you know, she's done pretty much everything. And she does it in a way that is just so marvelous to watch. So in this case, Barbara Stanwyck plays a magazine writer. And the magazine is American Housewife. And she writes, you know, about her farm in Connecticut and, you know, her baby and all the food that she prepares and for Christmas and so on. But really, she is living in a little apartment far from the reality of what she's portraying as her life. Anyway, the man that wants to marry her keeps asking her and she keeps saying no. And long story short, there's a serviceman that her editor or the owner of the magazine, I should say, wants him to visit her at her farm in Connecticut, which of course she doesn't have, but then realizes, well, the man that wants to marry her has a farm in Connecticut. And so they decide, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to marry you, but let me just get through this whole charade of getting the serviceman. And then the owner of the magazine comes. And anyway, long story short, they finally at the end find out the truth. And of course, she gets together with the serviceman and happily ever after. The movie was originally black and white and it has been colored, but I would suggest if you can find the black and white version, that's the one to watch. Because again, it's a movie that I will watch over and over again. And it's just very lighthearted. And I think it was set during the war. So it would have been in the 40s, I believe. Just watching how they would have acted during that time, you know, which I really enjoy. All right. Number four, Miracle on 34th Street. Now, this has been redone in a few versions. But the one that I really enjoy watching is the older version. It's a black and white version. Um, Maureen Sullivan and a young Natalie Wood. She played the little girl in this movie. So the premise of this movie is that the man who is playing Santa Claus, they feel that he is a fake. And so he is on trial to prove that he is Santa Claus. 
And so there's the whole, you know, do we believe and how can we prove that he is Santa Claus? And in the end, of course, he is Santa Claus and everything works out fine for the family and for Chris, as he's called in this movie. Number three, love actually. There are two sides to the opinion about this movie. There are those that really love it, like I do. And there are those that eh, think it's not the greatest movie or not a Christmas movie, or they, they just don't want to waste any time watching it. But what's interesting about this particular movie is it's an ensemble, basically. There are different characters, different storylines. And in most cases, the storylines are all interconnected somehow. Now, Hugh Grant, uh, <laughs> if you've never seen the movie, I want you to watch it for Hugh Grant. When he is in the movie, it makes it super special. There's a scene where, well, he's a prime minister of England and there's a scene where he thinks he's alone and he's doing this dance. <laughs> and it's it's awesome. I just, oh, it's just so much fun. And Alan Rickman is in this movie. Now, he's not the villain like he was in Die Hard, but he isn't a very nice husband. Let me just put it that way. And so it's different storylines, different characters. And for me, it just all works together. I just really enjoy it. All right, number two, Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin plays Kevin, who is left behind by accident when his parents and his uncle and aunt and cousins all fly to France. And it isn't until his parents are on the plane, I believe it's his mom, so Catherine O'Hara, realizes like, Kevin, that they left him behind. And of course, now she's frantic. She's trying to find a way to get home, to get to Kevin. But of course, nothing is working out for her. So meanwhile, while she is frantic and the family's frantic and trying to find a way of getting her home, Kevin realizes that he's alone. And so he's trying to make the best of the situation. Now, <laughs> the funny part is he's actually doing a pretty good job until there are two would-be bandits. They call themselves the wet bandits. So Joe Pesci, <laughs> who usually plays you know, like a bad guy, like in the Goodfellas and, and so on, is one of the bandits. And the scenes that result between the two of them and what Kevin is able to orchestrate as far as booby traps. And every time I watch that movie, I laugh and laugh and laugh. I've seen it. I know what's happening, but when it happens, I just can't stop laughing. It's just hilarious. It's so well done. Now, I do want to say that there is the sequel, so Home Alone 2 in New York. In my opinion, most sequels do not work. The only exception is the Godfather trilogy, where Godfather 2, in my opinion, was better than Godfather. But I digress. Let's get back to Home Alone. So the Home Alone, the first one, for me, is the one to keep watching. The others, yeah. They're okay, but the first one, that's the one for me. Now, number one on my list of top 10 movies, It's a Wonderful Life, starring James Stewart and Donna Reed. When Frank Capra first directed this movie, Jimmy Stewart had just done a, a stint in the army and he was suffering from PTSD. He was not in a really good place at the time, but Frank Capra convinced him that this part was perfect for him. 
So he's playing George Bailey and witnessing George and his life and the disappointments that he's had over the years. And now he's, he's married with children and something tragic happens where George feels that he has no hope and he's on the bridge and he's praying and he's crying to God, please God. And you know that he's thinking of committing suicide because Mr. Potter, who's played by Lionel Barrymore, plays him a mean old so-and-so to the T. Basically says to George, when George went to get some help, he says, well, you're better off dead. And so just when George is thinking that he wants to do this, Clarence, the angel, jumps in the water. So George has to save Clarence. And the beauty of what Clarence does is that when George says, I wish I I was never born. So Clarence gives him the opportunity to see his life as if he never existed and to see the impact that George had on everyone, how their lives were so different because George was not there. And it's that scene on the bridge and he's crying. I'm crying. I'm crying with him and I've seen it. Okay, I'm I'm turning 63 in a week and I can't remember when I first started watching it, but I'm going to say at least a good 50 years watching it every Christmas. And every Christmas, I cry. And every Christmas, at the end, I'm smiling because everything works out for George and his family. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. Now let's talk about music. So what I've done is I've listed my top 10 CDs and the artist and my reasoning for why I chose these particular CDs. Right, let's start with number 10, White Christmas. Yes, just like the movie with Bing Crosby. Now, you can't have a Christmas CD or Christmas music without Bing Crosby. White Christmas, Jingle Bells. He does such a a lovely job and he has such a beautiful voice. White Christmas is an album I can listen to over and over again. Number nine, The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. You know, chestnuts roasting over an open fire. And I love his voice. It's just so melodic and just beautiful. And he has that little bit of a lilt. And all the songs on the on the CD are, again, I can listen to it. Charlie Brown Christmas is number eight. Vince Guaraldi, it's instrumental. But if you've ever seen a Charlie Brown Christmas animated movie, 
It's the music in the back. It's just so iconic. I love listening to it. And the whole album is, again, instrumental, but it's absolutely beautiful. And every time I listen to the music, I think about Charlie Brown Christmas. Number seven, Snowfall by Tony Bennett. Now, Tony Bennett has recorded several Christmas CDs, but this one I really enjoy. It's the selection of music. It's one of his older CDs, and there's something about his voice and the music in this particular one that really, really speaks to me. Number six, The Nutcracker Suite, Tchaikovsky. So it's a ballet about the Nutcracker, about the little girl and everything that goes along with it. And the music is just so evocative. I mean, if you've seen the ballet and the music that accompanies each of the various scenes and segments, and when you listen to the music, you can imagine, you can see in your mind's eye the ballet as it's played out. And the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies is my favorite. I love listening to it. Number five. Christmas, Michael Bublé. Now, he did the Christmas CD and then he did the Christmas Deluxe. I would go for the Christmas CD and he does this beautiful song singing Jingle Bells and of course all the all the classics. And I love listening to his voice. I I have several CDs of Michael Bublé and I love listening to it. So, number 5, Christmas by Michael Bublé. Number 4, Bare Naked for the Holidays by the Bare Naked Ladies. And it's such an iconic and eclectic list of songs. You know, there's one song that they have Michael Bublé actually on it, and then another one with Sarah McLaughlin. So Bare Naked for the Holidays is my number four. Number three, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, a group of musicians that incorporate rock, spoken word, classical music, and they combine it in such a way that it works so well. Now, they have several Christmas-themed CDs. This particular one that I really like listening to is The Lost Christmas Eve. I love the music on there. A lot of it is instrumental, but a lot of it isn't. And for me, The Lost Christmas Eve is actually one of my favorites of all of their Christmas music, but Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I saw them in person several years ago. The light show, the drama, just the the experience. I still remember being so wowed by what I saw. Number two, Christmas Cheers by Straight No Chaser. Now, this is a group of guys from Indiana, and one day they decided that they were going to do their version of the 12 Days of Christmas. And they all wore tuxes and they did a YouTube of them singing a cappella, singing 12 Days of Christmas. Well, that video went viral and it resulted in several CDs, including a few Christmas ones. But this Christmas Cheers by Straight No Chaser is one of my favorites. They do, of course, the 12 Days of Christmas and they do the Christmas (laughs) Can-Can, which if you get a chance to listen to it, it includes everything that you do at Christmas time, shopping and going for Chinese food. And it's humorous, but it's enjoyable at the same time. All right. My number one is Winter Song by Sarah McLaughlin. There are so many 
wonderful songs on this CD. I want to talk about two in particular. She sings River, which was originally by Joni Mitchell. So Joni Mitchell does a version of River. And Robert Downey Jr. actually also did a version of this. And I know that there are others that have done it as well. But I love Sarah's version of River. And she also does In the Bleak Midwinter. Because for some of us, Christmas is not glad tidings. It's not happiness. It's not love. You know, sometimes we're grieving lost ones or we're struggling. And River and In the Bleak Midwinter capture some of that feeling. And Winter Song is, is again, another CD that I can listen to over and over and over again. So that is my top 10 CDs and the artists that have produced those CDs. Now let's talk about the top 10 songs. Number 10, Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. Just talking about, again, struggles during Christmas, you know, dealing with love and feeling those feelings and not all happy feelings. And I know this song has been redone by several different artists, but Dolly Parton is still still the one that I, I like to listen to. Number nine, Little Drummer Boy. This version, actually, I really enjoy is by Sean Quigley. So 11 years ago, Sean did a YouTube video of him doing Little Drummer Boy. And similar to Straight No Chaser, it went viral. And everybody was just blown away by his version of this song. And again, it's been done by several artists, but I like his version. So please check it out, watch the video, and listen to the music. And I know you'll love it as much as I do. All right, number eight, <laughs> you, can't, you can't have Christmas without this song. Mary's Boy Child, Boney M. Mary's Boy Child, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Boney M., a lot of people think of Boney M as, you know, Rasputin and, and so on. But this is an iconic Christmas song that plays every year. Now, number seven, Santa Baby, which has been done by several female artists, including Madonna. But the version that I like is by Eartha Kitt. She does it the best. Her version of Santa Baby is exquisite. So I would go and listen and look for that version. Number six, Blue Christmas by Elvis. Elvis has done a few Christmas albums, CDs, and he has sung all the traditional Christmas songs. But Blue Christmas is his. And when I hear Blue Christmas, it's like, yep, it's not all happiness. It's not all Christmas tidings. There's feeling blue, feeling a little sad, you know? And that's okay. That's okay to feel sad. Number five, Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Feliz Navidad. You know, so he sings Spanish and also English. And it's, again, one of those iconic songs. When you hear the beginning, you know, you know that that's the song because, again, it's been played over and over and over again, but I never get tired of listening to it. Number four, Happy Christmas, War is Over, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. So this is Christmas. What have we done? It's one of my husband's favorite songs. And on Christmas morning, we play that song. And the album, of course, is, I mean, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. It's wonderful. But Happy Christmas, War is Over. That's a fave. Number three, Last Christmas by Wham. 
George Michael. <laughs> Last Christmas, you gave me my heart. Yes, Wham does such a beautiful job. All right, number two, we're getting there. Hallelujah. Leonard Cohen wrote this song, also sang his version of this song. I couldn't decide which version I like the best. So I'm giving Rufus Wainwright and Katie Lang a tie. So Rufus Wainwright sang Hallelujah in the movie Shrek. So if you've watched Shrek and Hallelujah is Rufus Wainwright, I love his version. And of course, Katie Lang, she is incomparable. I remember the first time I saw her sing it, she came out on stage in bare feet and just blew the audience away with her version of this song. So I'm giving a tie for number two for Hallelujah. And finally, number one. So again, similar to Die Hard, similar to Love Actually, there are two sides to this particular song. There's those that love it and those that do not. (laughs) And I don't know if there's a middle ground but it's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. (laughs) So Mariah was trying to crown herself queen of Christmas, but that didn't stick. And others are like, no, you can't be queen. We've all done the Christmas music, so you can't be queen. But, you know, Love Actually, the little girl in in the movie sings her version of All I Want for Christmas is You. But I love listening to it. It's just every year... And you know it's coming, and they play it several times, but I never get tired of listening to it. So when you think about genres of music, country, rap, rock, blues, jazz, classical, Christmas is its own genre. And I would say probably 99.9% of all recording artists have recorded at least one Christmas song, if not more. And... I love that they do that because it's singing to their own style, but it's going outside their comfort zone. It's singing perhaps their own version of different songs, you know, making it their own, putting a twist on different songs, you know, similar to what Sean Quigley did with Little Drummer Boy, but it's sharing something about Christmas. It's sharing, you know, whether it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman or Silent Night, you know, and the classics, you know, Jingle Bell, Good King Winslet. All of these songs are so iconic. You know, think about carolers that sing all the classic songs and Christmas concerts, you know, the kids singing and just enjoying the magic of Christmas. You know, that's what the movies and the music for me, it it brings out the magic of Christmas. You know, so when I'm doing my baking, for instance, I have Christmas music playing in the background. And when I need to get into the spirit, you know, I talked about the Hallmark Christmas movies when, you know, you've had a hard day and you just want to flop on the couch and just chill out. Christmas movies invite you to become involved in what's going on. You know, you're cheering for things to work out. You're smiling, you're crying, you're laughing, you're feeling sad, you're whatever those feelings, you know, that the movies and the music can invoke in you. It reminds you that there's more to 
Christmas than just this. It's something deeper. It's something meaningful. And I know that you as my listener have your own version, have your own top 10. The movie Elf is not on this list. You know, to be perfectly honest, I've never actually watched it. But, you know, Will Ferrell in Elf, my daughter loves loves that movie. So many people love that movie. I've never watched it. Maybe once I do, it might be on a top 10 list. But the movies that I've enjoyed, the movies that I watch over and over again, those are on my list. The music that I enjoy, and don't get me wrong, I have a box full of Christmas CDs. Seriously, a box full of Christmas CDs. Because at one point, I was buying a different CD every year. And so I have all these CDs, which is interesting because I have Spotify (laughs) that I can listen to all the Christmas music that I want. And, you know, I, I can take the CDs and I can, of course, put it on my iPad or iPod. But, you know, for me, it was, you know, oh, here's a new CD. Oh, I need to buy this. Oh, I've got that. And for me, that was important. You know, same with the CDs buying the CD movie. Now you can watch it streaming on different platforms. Speaking of which, so Charlie Brown Christmas used to be shown on TV every year. Now you can only watch it on Apple TV. So if you want to watch it with your kids, you need to subscribe to Apple TV for the Charlie Brown Christmas. All right. So until next time, think about what you enjoy the most about Christmas. You know, is it the baking? Is it the decorating? Is it the tree? Is it the music? Is it the movies? Is it getting together with family and friends? Maybe going out caroling, going skating, having snowball fights, or going out for Chinese food on Christmas Day. Because the other movie that I didn't mention was A Christmas Story. So Ralph and his Red Rider BB gun and the leg lamp that... (laughs) is so iconic that the family actually went out for Chinese food on Christmas Day. So whatever it is that you do on Christmas, or if you celebrate Christmas or not, I hope that you have time for yourself. And if you are alone this Christmas, reach out to someone, invite yourself for dinner, go for coffee, don't spend it alone, be with people. Go out to the forks, go where there are people, go for a walk if it's not too cold, and just enjoy the spirit of the season. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network.